I wasn't ready. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll keep that on there. <laughs> yeah. Are you Howdy, ready? Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Welcome to Nerd Escape, the comic book podcast where we talk about everything underrated and overlooked. I'm your host, Jiblar. And I'm your host, Cami. And we have a featured comic book for you appreciation. Yeah. We're hitting you with the Mini Manga Mania Mondays. It's nice to get back to some features, and it's a recent comic book that's come out. Um, Very recent. Yeah, I think in February 2022, this debuts, and it was only four issues. Just four. But these four issues were 40-page stacks, so usually a comic book's 20 pages, and I'm talking about the Simon Spurrier and Matias Vergara's Step by Bloody Step. Their lights reflecting off too much. But it's only four issues. I have the special Ian Bertram cover. Because oh, everyone see. knows we oh, yeah. love Ian. Ooh, Ian. It's like, we can't go on tangents. They like, mentioned Ian Bertram or Trad Moore on this podcast. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> People are like, can they please stop talking about them? But yeah, Step by Bloody Step. Um, just to jump right into this, get it going. Image comic book, February 2022 debut. August 24th, for all you out there. You get the complete volume, 160 pages of silent story. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into why the silent story. Um, but you have to special order this because apparently they're like, they're only going to make what they order and maybe a f- couple surplus and that's it. Oh my gosh. It's going to be pretty rare because the Ian Bertram cover, yeah. like you can only get two per customer for this one. And I just got Oh, it. I didn't know that. Oh, I got it preserved. It's kind of crazy. We'll show the, the rolling. and But you can see it's kind of, he made the model of the giant in this and with a little bird at the top. And I was like, I was like, that's a little bird. You kind of just, they were like, it's fine. Ian Bertram can do it. It's the same concept, <laughs> yeah. technically. But in this comic book, just to sum it up without giving the story away too much, there's no dialogue. Um, there's just a girl awakens from her sleep with no memory or language and a giant in a suit of armor is just there mm-hmm. and they go on a kind of fantasy adventure yeah um but i'll talk about the creators here because like to give what credits do simon spurrier has been mentioned on this podcast before mm-hmm. in our very first episode very first one it, it's not on youtube so maybe one day we'll do a youtube special for it reversing traversing back to that god shaper remember yeah. that little story <sighs> God Shaper by Simon Spurrier. Art by I Jonas Goonface. Ugh. We love that guy. That dude's a fighting advocate getting like <laughs> going to court for his like fighting against pipelines and protesting. He's doing some good work. He's the man. And I wished there was more and more art of Jonas Goonface. Look at this. Going to tangents again, but god damn it, Jonas Goonface. Beautiful human being. One day I want to ask you to do a logo for us. And it would be our, it'd be an honor if you did. Um, anyways, moving on. <laughs> God Shaper's great. It's our first it's episode. Really Go check out our first episode on yeah. Spotify. Um, but the writers, Simon Spurrier, uh, he's a British comic book writer. Previously worked as a cook, a bookseller, and art director for the BBC. Oh, okay, cool. He's done X Men titles. He's written for Hellblazer, which is the John Constantine, John Constantine comic book. Uh, the Spire. He's even done Dark Crystal spinoffs comic books. Coda, which is another uh, Simon Spear and Matthias 
Bergara comic book that it's it's amazing. We're gonna put that on here one day. And the Dreamer, and of course God Shaper. He's worked for Marvel, DC, Image, Boom, and you can find him at Simon Spurrier on IG at Sci S I Spurrier on IG and Twitter. Go check out his, it's it's great stuff. Great writer and his comic books are always fire. Um, the artist Matthias Bergara. Uh, comic book artist, uh, you can find him at Maddie, M-A-T-I, Bergara, um, on IG and Twitter. Born and raised in Montevideo, Uruguay. Montevideo, Uruguay. Uh, and he's also a video game artist as well. And he's well known for Coda. He was Eisner Award nominated for his art in that. Okay. And he's done some art in Hellblazer, Scumbag, um, Cannibals, and Sons of Anarchy spinoffs as okay. well. Um, so he's kind of a fresh artist on the comic book scene. And it's this comic book represents his art to a T. It's so good. Because it's so good. Like I said, we'll get into it. There's no dialogue. It's just like push forward story that's told with like the actions from the characters. Yeah. And then you have the colors because that's always important in this as well, and they're mm-hmm. very beautiful in this as well. By Matthew Lopez at Matt Matt M A T Lopez on IG and Twitter. Um, he is from Sao Paulo, Brazil. So oh, nice. got a, a very diverse cast. You got That's a great. Brit, you got a your, your guy from Uruguay, and you have a Brazilian. Um, but he is mostly worth Step by Bloody Step. This is one of his first big debuts. Uh, he's worked on Supergirl. He's one of Kazar, Lord of the Savage Lands. And um, he's a colorist for cover arts as well. That, that you know, here and there, everything like that. So shout out to him. Nice. Love Traders. And yeah, let's dive into what this story is about. I don't, I don't know. This might be a little short, tight episode because there's not a lot of dialogue. With right. This. So you really like there's to me like the story is very much up to interpretation. But very true. Despite like there not being dialogue, it was really easy to kind of understand what was happening. Um, it, it leads you to think. Like, if this were to continue, where would it go? Um, and how, like, as you're reading it, you're just like, okay, well, how is this going to pan out? Because, again, you don't have dialogue, so you can't have any inkling of what's going on. You've just got, you can feel the mood of mm. each and every panel. It's like facial panel. expressions, yeah. Each and every panel. And, and just mood, mood, mood. Yeah. But how does it start? It starts off just like I don't know. It has like a. It's very thing. soft. Yeah. So how I describe like the comic uh, as a whole, it it's a I called it a soft harshness. So a lot of the colors and the art are very very soft and kind of give more of a. It, it definitely gives like that moody vibe, but. It's also very harsh because the story is really intense Mm -hmm. and it progressively gets more and more intense as you go on. But it starts off like really soft and kind of like a little sad. Yeah. And then you just kind of progress where it kind of gets happy. It's still soft, happy. And then it starts kind of getting (laughs) a little bit more scary and upsetting. And you're just like, I'm scared. Yeah. So... There are dialogue bubbles every now and then, but it's like in a language you can't read. Yeah. It's like a made up language. And I was over here reading it. And I was like, what if I have two of these symbols? And Maybe he was I like, can decipher I'm it. I'm sure Reddit but- has a codex. Yeah. And I was like, I doubt it. <laughs> I bet they do. Step by bloody step probably does. But yeah, you, it's 
the, I mean, the synopsis, we'll just read, I'll read the synopsis on the back of one of these, and it'll pretty much sum up that, but it's definitely sci-fi kind of fantasy, and it's kind of like... I would, yeah, definitely sci-fi fantasy. So it, you'll see, it just, there's hardly, there's like two, three sentences, four sentences, is like, a girl wakes, she has no memory, no name, no language, nothing, except a giant. So she legit, it seems like she's a baby, like, you know, like coming into this world and it's like snowing everywhere yeah and there's just this big giant with That's armor holding her holding yeah. her and then the perspectives are so good because it's like you see the kid in it and then you see like kind of like you're in the hand like you're seeing from her eye like point of view yeah from the giants you're just confused and then then the giants just kind of like this motherly you know parent character the nurturer constantly pushing her forward and it's crazy thing there's this destiny feel to it and it it's it leads you to your interpretation too towards the end. Yeah. So basically, if they get off their path, like say the girl wants to go, like she wants to turn around, like she she's a little girl, so she's growing up to the story, and you see her getting like stubborn, like she doesn't want to do this, like she wants to go right. do something else. Like she'll go to like grab a flower she wants, and this like wind will pick up and it'll block her, like it'll like pick up the snow and make this like like physical wall of like nature that won't let her do something. Yeah. And then I think like she wanted to go back, like they went across like this ocean or this channel and she wanted to go back in the water and this big tidal wave wall just raises up. And so there's like this invisible force yeah, that's, that's forcing her. them on their path to destiny. Yeah. And I just didn't imagine the, the writing room with Simon Spurrier and Matias Bergara just being like, all right, no dialogue. Like, and you have to sit here and just storyboard it all and just like, yeah. and I wonder if it was like, here's a word storyboard and like, here's a script. And then Matias kind of did his own perspective. Right. It's very interesting. I think on the volume, uh, the volume they're going to put out on August 24th, it'll probably have some more details of that. Yeah. But along the way, they run into crazy monsters in the woods. Yeah. Like. Like some that are bigger than the giant, and yeah. the giant is like he's like you know dwarfed by it, and he's fighting it. They run into villages, um, and I, I noticed too that the girl doesn't eat food. Like I think the, the one of the mom tries to give her food, and the giant's like the giant kind of blocks her away. Like you know, like nope, that's not. Well, what we I think I think that she might eat food, but we just don't see. I think the giant Maybe. is very protective of. Um, the little yeah. and that's why and you see the giant's face but that would spoil some stuff you do but, yeah so and it's like a very sad like beaten like you're spoiling it well no the face is just like kind of sad like you know like it's it's a it's a rough face where it looks like it's been through some stuff that's all i'll say it's been through life but then you run this like then they come along like human beings who are having war like these crazy yeah. futuristic warships and there's like, bots like out of the mind of just like like and then you notice the um there's green orcs like they're they're having war with yeah they look like the orcs from coda you know, oh yeah so it's almost i oh, wonder, I wonder if it's right. like the same universe like if he's like in that would the be same cool world. that would be because cool in coda it's kind of a it's another fantasy like crazy like stuff don't they have a strange dialect in coda too I mean, they At they communicate. Point. It's about a bard who's like traveling a thing, and he has he has a unicorn that's like a, or he has a his his steed is a unicorn that like he's a pretty temper tantrum like fuck you up unicorn <laughs> like it's so he's good. a murderous he, unicorn yeah he 
will just chew through people like the, the it's like a war horse but it's a unicorn yeah i need to finish um, that but yeah they just they're trapped but in step by bloody step literally there's step by bloody step just going through this path and you, as you're reading it you're like what are they doing like what's what is happening? their end goal and you know they meet the people the, the people who are causing war and it's like you know a rich the douchebag king like elite guy and they straight up like kidnap orc queens and and they're, the giant seems like he's trying to stay out of it, but then they get like mixed up into it, and sad, sad stuff happens. Happy stuff happens, and then like the girl kind of starts fighting with that destiny like wall thing, like that invisible thing. And the ending's kind of trippy. It's kind of interpretation for sure. Like, yeah, this yeah, this whole entire story is up for interpretation, which, which is great. Which is great. So step by bloody step, the girl wakes up with a giant in the snow and they go on an adventure he the giant fight stuff yeah the girl's kind of like growing up through adolescence and wondering why to doing this no dialogue <laughs> it gives it gives similar vibes like iron giant oh yeah for sure but yes. like starting from the beginning Dang like you have a so robot <laughs> at the very beginning as a child oh man oh yeah but since we're since we're on doing the special one, this is probably gonna be a short and sweet one, just because the story is just—it was so easy to talk about and explain. It's short and sweet. It was a very easy read. Um, very quick to get because <laughs> like quick. he she doesn't like a lot of dialogue. I don't like a lot of dialogue again because dialogue you can't. I love dialogue. <laughs> yeah, he likes dialogue. I do not like dialogue a lot, but it is what it is. So I was like, you're gonna love this comic book, but it, but it's. Each each, each issue is forty pages long, so forty pages of art. Yeah, you're getting, and okay, we're like five bucks. Usually, a comic book was like, you know, three or it's four three dollars, four three dollars, and so Matias Bergara had to put in support. Simon Spirit was like, <laughs> let me write this no dialogue thing, perspective stuff. I'll you change the perspective right here, and Matias is just like. 40 pages, it would man. Be, you 40 know, pages. <laughs> it would be very curious if Mateus... I think it's Mateus, not... Mateus. Mateus. Um, I think... what? It, well, not I think. But what if he came up with the idea? What if he had the concept art already for yeah, it? Yeah, concept art. And then Simon wrote... That would be cool. It'd be cool either way. It is true. But so they're doing a special feature, not a special feature, it's but our a, normal. It, it's our normal. It's our normal concept. Nerd Escape comic book appreciations. We read. We read. We read. <laughs> oh we read stuff that we love, and you know we got to put it out to the people. We appreciate it. Um, we usually do Q and As. It's always I'm always like reflecting when we bring up the Q and As because you know when we do the mini manga mania mondays we don't do q a's too much no but this is the typical questions you know them you love them so answer in the comments if you if you read this what was your favorite thing i gotta ask cammy what was your favorite thing about step by play step no dialogue <laughs> it was great I, again it, and i think it comes from like me being in school and like being in writing class like senior year junior year and your teachers are asking you about shakespeare and all these other they're just like well what was shakespeare trying to say and so 
they're always saying, well, it's always up for interpretation. So give us what you're interpreting. And I'm always like interpreting a different way than everyone else. <laughs> I you were going to say interpret these nuts or something. <laughs> no, I would never. And I was always wrong. And, and they're, the teachers were always just like, nope, he's trying to say this and this and that. I'm yeah. just like, wasn't it up for interpretation? Well, you had the kids so, in English class who were like, what if the car isn't a car and you're like you're thinking too deep man <laughs> thankfully i didn't have like all the kids in my class they were really smart but i'm thankful they weren't like not my class Shout up, up someone's Texas. butt <laughs> but um for me i like to read as if i'm in like fiction it's pretty like you read the story you read the words this is what the author's telling you is happening but when it comes to like certain comic books where there is no dialogue, it's really helpful because I can interpret it how I want to. <laughs> it is, yeah. This one is definitely. I like stories like yeah. that. Um, like some video games in like that, kind of yeah. like st- stories, period books. Where is it going to go? This so, one's just always beautiful pictures. It's, and it's gorgeous. Like just the expression on the face, like you, it, it's good. It's like, so good. Th- that's that's an art in itself when you can tell a story tell without a story words. without words and. There you go. <laughs> to me, that's like one of the coolest stories. And there, there's probably, if you know any comic books that do that, I know there was a uh, there was a story. I forgot the artist's name, but he's kind of this like old man with a pompadour comic book artist. He did a uh, Fury. What's his guy? The eye patch. Nick Fury. He did a Nick Fury comic book, <laughs> and the whole thing him it was him sneaking into a base, and it was all like psychedelic and groovy like art. And he, I think for. I think the last three pages had dialogue in it when he finally like snuck and met the guy. Uh-huh. And then um, Marvel Comics uh, didn't want to pay him the full amount because he didn't have any dialogue. But all the artwork was amazing. Pay him. And so he like marched into, what's his name? Um, old man, Marvel comic book guy. I always forget. Steve. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what is the cameo guy? I'm sorry. Look, look, we're, we're assholes. That's terrible. <laughs> we're always like, fuck DC and Marvel. You put ads in your comic books, you dickheads. And it's like, we love that guy. I'm still going blank on his name, though. But he basically marched in his office. He's like, pay me for this. Because yeah. he, he was like one of the first ones to do that. So I appreciate that for sure. So you favorite thing was no dialogue. No you dialogue. Love that. Okay. That's my favorite thing. Uh, you would think my favorite thing would be the art and the color, um, which I will give a... Was it also no dialogue? No, 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 no. So art and color is amazing. Stands alone. It really does. Go check it out. But I do love the narrative with the little to no comprehensive dialogue. (laughs) That's what I wrote. (laughs) I I love the little to no dialogue with the comprehensive, no comprehensible dialogue. Because there is dialogue bubbles, but it's like a new language they made up. It's like symbols and stuff. And I'm over there like, maybe there's a codex on Reddit. We can figure this out and decipher it. Um, (laughs) Because when I first read it, it was really good. And then when I read it for the second time to kind of give a more review, um, it was just like all like I was in awe and I see why sometimes in the beginning they had to like show you something like or like like that a character does an action they do or they get attacked by something and they react this way. They do that to foreshadow to the next like chapter like like there was something at the end that happened. And then when I reread it and I was like, oh, that's why that person had that certain trait or that certain power. Because in the very first issue, this incident happened where they were like attacked and had to like react. And then later on, they kind of used it to their advantage. Mm-hmm. So they're foreshadowing in a way. It's like um, with some good movies. I think when I first watched the movie, Nope, it was not Nope. Sorry. When I first watched the movie, Get Out. Okay. Watching Nope this weekend. Ooh, I can't wait. It's going to be great. 
Um, but I remember in Get Out, there was all these things like, why is he pointing that out? And it's like, and then everything at the end came full tear, like, like, oh yeah, with like seeing you had the to deer. watch it twice because you had missed so much. I didn't watch it. I didn't watch Get you Out did. for like maybe like like three years after it came out, probably. <laughs> Then I bought it on Blu-ray and I was like, "Yeah, let's check it out." And then I was like, "Oh my god!" Well, I had seen it before. Amazing storytelling. Yeah, no, it's, it's good. And then we watched but it again together. It's this. This thing has Jordan Peele type of foreshadowing storytelling with no dialogue. It's it's good. I can't believe I wrote that as well. Um, but everything has to be done with action, uh, taking place is set up for foreshadowing the characters' traits. Um, yeah, it's just it's a great read with no dialogue, and the art's great, and they have they have to do so much with the art to foreshadow and do just typical things that you do in literature you know in a way yeah. it's like that's what you have to do yeah um but yeah it's great it's great great question same answer i was surprised yeah the artwork is great it's amazing it's, Matthias really, Brigard. Really it's, it's amazing he makes his own world in there um i'm sure i bet he had the concept art for it and then simon Spear is like probably checking out his uh yeah his sketchbook and was like all right um, favorite character? Not much to choose from here. I don't have a favorite character. You never have a favorite character. I do. I just haven't had one in recent, recent. So I don't have a favorite character because they're. He's like, there's no dialogue. <laughs> no, but, I mean, there, I think there was good like character building, but it's it was a really slow story at the same time. So you, I don't know. There wasn't a lot of I don't know. It, I didn't have a favorite character. I think I think this story was really all about plot mm-hmm. versus character. The plot. Like, yes, your MC is like at the forefront, but I think it was really more plot. So I have no favorite characters. My favorite character was the invisible force that keeps pushing them on. Um, so if it was like wind, a water wall, snow gust, uh, holding the girl back. Is like, was it good? Was it bad? And there's like this whole like destiny like kind of circle. Like, what's the whole thing with Amaboris, the snake eating his tail kind of thing? I don't know. I think it's Amaboris. Amaboris. I'm butchering that, but you know, you know the thing with the snakes, infinity eating his tail. Yes, I know. It kind of has like a summation of that in a way. That's that was my interpretation. Of the ending. Well, well, if you had to interpretate like just a few words of the ending for yourself, what do you think like the like spiritual or overall message for this? Um, was? I think it uh, kind of reflects. To me, it's kind of dystopian and kind of reflects how like Earth currently it, like there's a lot of turmoil. Uh there's a lot of things going on you have the elite being the elite um and it's just kind of really kind of shining a light on what's really going on that's kind of like my very it's a very loose interpretation yeah. but it kind of gives vibes and maybe it's like like of like it's dystopian you've got these two characters who are trying to survive and try to get somewhere um they run into the elite the elite are being how they be mm-hmm. so yeah that's kind of how i saw it oh maybe there'll be some folklore details that come out in the volume maybe. i need to Hopefully. Uh, actually the the um the deadline for preserving one already passed 
and, wow, and I, I, I didn't. I, I will see if the comic book got some extra ones. Because the comic books are going to buy some too, you know? They're going to buy some. I'm sure the comic book's going to buy places. They're going to be limited. They're going to be very limited. I don't know if they're ever going to do a reprint. Um, so go talk to your local comic book store. See if Step by Bloody Step is beautiful. And Ian Bertram did covers. There's other there's other great artists that did different covers. And only with four um, issues. But, you know, 40 pages, that's an actuality. That's eight that you're getting. But, yeah, it's just all art. Silent play. Like, kind Silent of a dramatic art. thing coming at you. Um but yeah, that's it. Anything else? This would be to... a really cool, like, short film. It really would. Yeah. It, it. I wouldn't be surprised if this hit a film thing faster. Like, yeah, it would be, it would be short a cool, film, like, love death robot. Yes. Yeah. That is true. That would be great. So on that, step by bloody step. Please go read it. Go read it. Simon Spear. Go uh, look at it. Matthias. 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 Yeah. Mateus. Mateus Vergara. Writing doesn't no dialogue. We love for that. But the perspective of the writing and the setting up, and I'm very curious to see how much was give and take with them. And and Vergara's art just stands alone. So good. Tells a story with it, literally. Um, step a bloody step, August twenty fourth, the volume comes out. Call your comic book store. Preserve it. It's, it's just a great story that we want to share it. with you. It's, it, it's awesome. So, <laughs> the edible's hitting. <laughs> uh, so, you're listening on Spotify. Leave a star review. You know, hopefully five stars. <laughs> yeah, five stars. Because you said leave a star. <laughs> and I'm like, don't. Not do a that. star. Five stars. And if you're, if you're on YouTube, we do the panels. Go check us out on YouTube. We show the artwork on there to give you a glimpse of what we're seeing here um, to intrigue your mind even more. Um, please subscribe. Please like. Comment. We love comments. We want to hear from you. If you got any recommendations, hell, we'll do that. And until then, this is Nerd Escape. The comic book podcast. Where we talk about everything underrated and overlooked. I'm your host, Cammie. And I'm your host, Jablar. We will see you in the Lex in Distress, my guys. Yes. My, my. Oh yeah, that was a whole episode last time. We just yeah, the and we like it, cut it short, made it quick. We're bringing you back the features. <laughs> wow. All right, people. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Nerd Escape out. We love you. That's us leaving. We've left the building now. We're still here.